Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Nancy P., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from West Newton, Massachusetts. Today is Thursday, the 26th of August, and today's uh, we are reading from the big book, um, page 81, the first paragraph beginning with whatever the situation is, and just reading that one single paragraph. Today's readers are um, for the 12 steps, Martha Z, for the 12 traditions, Wendy M, uh, and the other readers, Lauren M. Lauren will read the, um, the reading, and Jen A will read page 164. The reference numbers for yesterday's 7 a.m. meeting is 17625, that's 17,625, and the 10 a.m. meeting is 17,626. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions. I will now ask um, Martha Z to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nancy. This is Martha Z, I'm compulsive overeater recovered by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. And these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me give service. Thank you, Martha Z. Now we'll read the 12 traditions. Um, Wendy M. will read them for us. Wendy? Good morning. I'm Wendy M., a compulsive overeater in Raleigh, North Carolina. These are the 12 traditions. Our common, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank, thank you for allowing me to do service in the past. Thank you, Martha Z. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your shares to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does not request that your does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we will resume our study of the big book on page 81 with the first paragraph beginning with whatever the situation is and reading a single paragraph. And I will ask Lauren N. to begin reading. Lauren? Thank you, Nancy. Lauren N., Compulsive Overeater, Sugarmatic in New York. Whatever the situation we have, we usually have to do something about it. If we are sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? Not always. We think if if she knows in a general way that we have been wild, should we tell her that in detail? Undoubtedly, we should admit our fault. She may insist on knowing all the particulars. She will want to know who the woman is and where she is. We feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. We are sorry for what we have done, and God willing, it shall be not it shall not be repeated. More than that, we cannot do. We have no right to go further. Though there may be justifiable exceptions, and though we wish to lay down no rule of any sort, we have often found this the best course to take. Wow. 
Um, luckily, I can say that I've never had this situation specifically. However, I have had many situations where I go too far. That's part of my disease is that I never realize how um, how little I should I should share when or how much I should share because part of my defects are being overly honest or overly sharing. And that's not necessarily honest. It could be hurtful when I share too much. Um, thank God I have learned how to keep my mouth shut more than not these days and I have learned with my recovery that um, I need to ask someone else before I share too much. I need to talk about it with other recovered fellows and I need to be open to their criticism and their thoughts as to how I should progress and what I should share. I often have diarrhea of the tongue, which allows, which it makes me want to give too much information out. And I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to give out too much information. I can keep some back and hold what's dear to me in my heart. Thank you all for letting me be of service. Long man from New York, and with that, I Thank you, Lauren N. Okay, now uh, I'll go over the sharing again. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So um, although we um, value your experience, wait a second here, um, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, we ask that you step back and let somebody else have a chance. So with that said, who would like to share on what was read? Christina J. Charles H. Ken W. H. Karen K. Okay, so far I have Christina J., Charles H., Ken W. H., Karen K. Can you take a couple more? Two more people? All right, we'll start with Christina J. Christina J, go right ahead. Hi there, Christina J from the state of Washington. Uh, recovered for today and so gratefully recovered for today. Um, thank you, Nancy, for your service. Um, yeah, in my first marriage, I was lonely. I needed validation. I had no communication with my husband verbally 
on a deep level. No spirituality connection, no emotional connection. As time went on, the intimacy died. And I'm an addict. I, I had no idea about recovery, how to be a good moral character person, even though I thought I was. So I justified my affairs. And um, I believe today, as I did my two-way prayer this morning, that God uses everything. Because I've got some challenges going on, not in relationship, but in other areas. And things aren't happening as I want them to do happen, which is I want it all and now. There's some delays. And I believe God has his hand in those delays. Because it causes me to go to him. So, without those delays and challenges, I wouldn't run to him. Because there's nowhere else for me to go. I can't go to an affair now. I can't go to the food now. I don't. I can't get my validation from anybody like I used to get it. It doesn't work, and it doesn't last. So as I faced this challenge back then, um, I was going to take this to my grave. I was not going to be uh, telling all about it to anybody. This was horrific to me, and I suffered deeply because of these affairs. Uh, but God didn't have that in mind. He revealed this to my husband uh, through a series of events that was bizarre, and I won't go into that, but uh, I created more lies around it, saying that person, uh, I, I, I had a similar name as some other person that had an abortion because I had an abortion and he found out about it. So this, that's not me. That was that other girl with my same name. And I spoke to someone who was not in recovery either, and she said, you're going to have to come clean. You're just going to have to come clean. So God gave me the courage, even though I didn't know about the serenity prayer, and I sat down and I said, yeah, that was me. And I suffered and I suffered, and I suffered, and that wound went deep inside my bones, and it taught me to never dishonor a relationship again. That was the gift. That was the gift. Um, so, uh, and then years later, when I was in recovery, I went to him again, and I made full amends as a recovered woman. And my living amends today is with my husband that I have. Because in life, there's always people that are attractive. There's always people that have energy alike. But I shut the door. I stand against, you know, I stand on the other side of a wall of cement, what I learned from those things. And the greatest lesson is that I can't get my validation from anybody else. And I can't be complacent if things aren't right in my relationship. I have to have the courage because I can't sit and wallow in my pain. I take That's it to time. I take it to God and I ask God for the right action. So, anyway, thank you for letting me share. I'm so nervous to share, but I hope this helps someone. God bless everyone. Thank you, Christina J. Charles H., you're next. Thank you very much, moderator, for your service. So, you know, you know what, what I learned is, is that bitter people uh, never remember um, and never forgive. You know, in order for me to, 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 to spiritual muscles... Um, it, it burns spiritual fat. So my spiritual fat is, you know, one of them days before was, man, I, I never harmed, I didn't harm nobody, not connecting uh, amends to my fourth steps or even to my tenth steps, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, my wife, you know, I, I, love, <laughs> I love my wife, but, you know, we, we, you know, we have disagreements on a consistent basis. And, the other day she called me at work, FaceTime me. She FaceTime me to see where I'm at because of my uh, – she she don't forget. She don't forget what, you know, I used to cheat on her and I used to bring – you know, 
bring women to the house when she was at work, when I worked a different shift and, you know, brought brought women to work and, and things like that. I remember, you know, those events, and, and I'm continuing to make living amends. And, and, and I, I undoubtedly, I should admit my fault. It's, it mirrors what page 164 says. On a daily basis, I should be trudging this road of happy, happy destiny. I should be clearing away the wreckage of my past. Oh, believe me, all I got to do is, is think about yesterday, the guy in, uh, the guy in uh, whatever that was uh, behind me. You know, I need to make him uh, indirect amends. I may never see him again. But, but to say that I don't need to clear the wreckage of my past is to not admit being human. So I, I work my spiritual muscles. I, I connect amends to, you know, all my 10-step my inventories because I did wrong. It, it states right here in the text that undoubtedly I should um, admit my faults. And on page 164, again, it says, clear away the wreckage of your past and join us in happy destiny. So I am so grateful. I'm going to leave a couple of seconds on the clock. Peace. Nancy P, star one, to unmute your phone. I just asked. May I be heard? Clearly not. Okay, Ken W.H., you're up. Now you're being heard. Thank you, Nancy. I'm grateful to be here this morning and just have a a brief comment. Um, Yeah, I can relate to so much of this. I didn't have affairs uh, with real people. Uh, I still had other loves, so to speak, and gave my affection away to pictures and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I had my affairs. Um, one of the, What I wanted to uh, point to was one phrase there. We are sorry for what we have done, and God willing, it will not be repeated. And, um, boy, that God willing, I know we say it a lot, and... Um, God is willing, <laughs> period. Um, it, there's a potential loophole there for me uh, to give the old Flip Wilson, uh, the devil made me do it kind of thing, or, or God willed it. Uh, that's why I went back to it or whatever it was. Uh, if I have identified something in me that's harmful to someone else or myself, and I'm willing to amend it, that is God's will. I believe that that is God's will for me, and it shall not be repeated. That's the whole point of of going through this process. If it is repeated, that's my fault. That's not God's will anymore. That's my will. And, and so I don't have any recourse to blame God for my repeated uh, bad, uh, unhealthy behaviors uh, against others or myself. So uh, I, I, just, uh, I just need to be always perfectly aware that God's will is for good, always, and that I, um, I want to do his will always. So I, I thank you for letting me share this morning. Pass. Thank you, Ken W.H. Karen K., you're up. Good morning, I'm Karen Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater from Syracuse, New York. And I just want to share briefly on this. Um, you know, when I'm looking at um, 
you know, the affairs. I look at all of my affairs uh, in my life. Um, I need to be genuinely, genuinely from my heart, have a contrite heart to want to change and to make better. Um, you know, I'm sorry it doesn't work anymore. Um, are my feet moving the way I'm behaving? Am I doing what God wants me to do? And, and sometimes I think I am and sometimes I don't. And all I know is is to uh, suit up and show up, and each day it brings a more awareness to me and my program. And I'm also ready for second hour host. Thank you. Thank you, Karen Kay. All right, we'll take a new um, lineup. Who would like to share again on page 81, the first paragraph, beginning with whatever the situation is, just for the single paragraph. Who who else would like to share today? Joanne W. Joanne W. Anybody else? Raz G. Raz, Raz G. G. Take a couple more. Got plenty of time. This is Kathy J. Can I share? Of course. Mary J. Mary J. Morning, Al. Was that that last person? Maureen L. Oh, Maureen L. And Christine G. Okay, that's a good one, two, three, four, five, six. That's a good lineup. Okay, Joanne W., go right ahead. Hi, this is Joanne W., I'm recovering over reader and sugar addict um, from Pennsylvania. Um, I just wanted to say that I can relate to a lot of issues in the last couple of days and today. Um, doing that. Um, just never sharing today. I've Notice I have harmed so many people that I cared about and I loved and just realized and that, um, that I never really had an affair except after my marriage of 32 years. Maybe on Facebook, talking to an old person, but um, I know that I have put the people that I love yeah, I'm back again, being in my addictions and being in my disease. Trust and losing trust all time, lying, and looking back at who I was and my dishonesty and um, just who I was and coming to these meetings and sometimes I feel I don't need them and sometimes I feel I just want this all to be over with and get on with life and seeing that this has to be part of my life. So thank you for your honesty and everything that you share, helping me to understand myself and to be a better person. So thank you and I pass. Thank you, Joanne W. Uh, Roz G, you're up. This is Good Mary. 
Roz, go ahead. Yes, I'm here. I just heard another okay. person come in, so I thought I'd just pause. No. Remember how we talked yeah, about yeah. pausing? <laughs> <laughs> You're good, Roz. Good to go. Pause when agitated, even though I wasn't agitated. Okay. Um, I'm Roz G, and I'm a I'm a recovered uh, compulsive overeater. Thank God. But I have to put myself in the line of people who've been who've had affairs. You know, I'm I'm in your group. Um, I, uh, I did that. I don't recognize the woman. I don't even know that woman. You know that Rosalind that that did that in the past because I did sleep around with men at work. Um, I don't know. I I guess I just felt feel as though I needed the validation. You know. And um, I, I felt um, just really just lonely in my marriage, and these guys <clears throat> gave me excitement and validation. And I claimed to be a religious woman and stuff, and I was just a liar and a hypocrite and a cheat. Um, but, you know, I know that sounds like I'm beating up myself up, but that's just it's the facts. But, you know, today in the book it says, we, you know, we don't, we don't want to we, – we, Something about, you know, not regretting to wish the door, to shut the door on the past. In the 4 a.m. meeting, my brain is not always so so sharp. But it's, I don't, part of me doesn't, doesn't regret that because I can share it with others. You know, when I'm going, taking a sponsee through the step, the fourth step, I'm able to share that. So if they did it, they don't feel, they don't have to feel like they're the only one that I identify. And you know, as a as a living amends, I don't I don't do that today. I don't flirt with married men. I don't even give them an inkling. Um, but you know, I I really live an honest and true life. And uh, I made a mistake a long time ago when I was married of telling my of confessing some of my, you know some of that sin to my husband and hurt him so deeply. I mean. He did it to me, so I figured, well, I'm going to do it to you too. Oh, just, just sickness. So today, at least, it's 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 a, it's a pleasure to live a clean, and honest and upright life with dignity, and um, I don't have to worry about that today. At least one day at a time, and you know, some days I'm lonely, and that that's okay. You know, I just have to go ahead and feel the loneliness and work with another person you know, and ask how they're doing. Um, but, you know, and the, mostly I'm not. I have I have too many other things going on in my life to feel sorry for myself and lonely um, because I do have a really good life today and it's clean and it's honest and it's, and it's being of service. So thank you and I pass. Thank you, Roz G. Kathy J., you're up. Chris Star 1. Kathy J, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Chicagoland. Um, thanks for letting uh, me share and for your service. Um, yeah, this paragraph, when I, before I came into OA, I was full of shame, um, deep, profound shame. And, you know, I, in the big book, and it talks about patterns of the past. So I look back all the way back. Wh- what is the thread here? And, you know, it's just, I was so profoundly immature and insecure. I mean, I had the sexual maturity of an 11-year-old. And um, and relationally, you know, I had, uh, I was prey to whatever attention or ego-driving, um, pleasure-seeking 
that was my life, um, candy or pleasure-seeking sexually or, you know, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was so, so I had no ro- roadmap and, um, and this isn't stuff you talk about with other people, but I can, I can say I've been a cheat and I've been married to a cheat and it, it cancels out only if I can live in forgiveness. Um, God gives me forgiveness about that. I didn't give me forgiveness about my behavior or the behavior of others because this is human nature. And so what is my, what am I seeking when I'm involved in somebody else? First of all, um, what am I, what am I after? And is it, is it consensual? Is it, um, is it uh, selfish? Is it, um, you know, is it God's will? And when I put my sexuality in God's will uh, and, and, and I don't, I don't think telling other people, you know, that rarely works out. It usually hurts the other person. And it says in there, uh, the reading to relieve our guilt. We don't tell somebody in order to relieve our guilt. My, the relief of my shame and stuff over stuff I did in the past came from God. You know, God forgives me, you know, and forgives others through me. You know, some sexual stuff I can't forgive. It's, it's unforgivable what was done to me, too. But God can forgive it, and I can get the results. I can get the freedom. And it's all about not picking up. Um, I, you know, it, I'm a different person now, and um, I, I really appreciate being, being a honest person and somebody who doesn't, you know, break um, my bonds, you know. And, um, yeah, it upsets me when, you know, my, my husband cheated, and it really, really, really hurt me. And I had to do the work around that to, uh, to resolve my my old guilt that this triggered, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's a human condition. We all, you know, we all have issues, but I can mature in God's will. What is God's will for a sexual relationship? You know, not pleasure seeking on my part, not selfishly pleasure seeking, you know. So anyway, that's all I got. Thanks. Perfect timing. Okay. Thank you, Kathy J. Mary J., you're up. Hi, this is Mary J. in Corona, California. I very rarely share, but I'm on the meeting every morning. But listening to this message in this paragraph, I picked up that out of insecurity and um, feeling less than, I just give too much information. When I when I first made my amends many years ago, the first time through the steps, I just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked just because I was scared and and afraid of rejection. And I thought if I just kept talking and giving so much information, I would just overwhelm the person I was talking to. And over the years and with many, many, many meetings and listening to people, I found out that Simply saying no without doesn't no is a full sentence and you don't have to keep explaining. Um, and amends can be one or two sentences and then you just turn it over to God. Keeping my keeping it simple is probably one of the hardest things for me because of the um, wanting to just explain and explain and explain. So this paragraph taught me to. Say it, 
and then let it go. Turn it over to God, and the results will be God's will and not mine. So I am once again babbling because I give too much information, so I will pass. Thank you, Mary J. Maureen L., you're up. Uh, this is Maureen. Can I be heard? You can. Okay, sorry about that. I was uh, transferring to my hand. Anyway, um, my name is Maureen. I'm a compulsive overeater and addict, and thank you for all doing service on this meeting, and uh, by service, it's those of us who showed up, and I appreciate hearing everyone's strength and hope daily on this. Uh, this passage, of course, is about marital infidelity. That hasn't been my issue. I have four kids and a full-time job, and I like don't have the energy to clean my bathroom. <laughs> to clean my bathroom, but that doesn't mean to say that the paragraph still doesn't resonate with me uh, deeply. It does because, uh, in my view, it's about the drama of the moment in a way. And as addicts, just wanting to make, to live in the drama and just say too much. And the paragraph is a is a good reminder to me to just not not unload on people. I, I've got a dramatic life now. I have, I'm going through radiation treatments for cancer, and I, it's challenging because the kids and the job and the rest, but the world does not need to hear the drama of my effects of this radiation and the impact it's had on my life. I, I, I don't need to swirl in that drama. I don't need to swirl in the drama of my eldest applying to college and telling people about the details of what schools he's applying to. That's that's about me and not about service to God. So while uh, the paragraph speaks certainly to perhaps the proper course in disclosing marital infidelity, it also I think is a reminder, at least to me, about the importance of just not oversharing and being judicious in our word and taking a pause before speaking. And in that pause, that's where we find perhaps what God wants us to do in the next step, which is the whole point of it anyway. So... Uh, with that, I pass. I wish everyone a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for everyone's service, and I just wish all peace. Thanks. Thank you, Christine G. Uh, thank you, Maureen L. I mean, Christine G., you're up next. <clears throat> Good morning. This is Christine G. of the greater Chicago area. Uh, can I be heard? You can. Okay. Um, I I enjoyed the reading and what I'm hearing today about pausing and not oversharing. I'm here just to claim my seat and and I'm grateful for this. The only comment I have about this paragraph, it just reminds me of the importance of of sponsorship before we go into any kind of amends type stuff, just have a sponsor to run it by because we can cause more harm than good if we just don't use some wisdom and discretion. That's all I've got. Thank you. Thank you, Christine G. Um, is there anybody else? We can take some more people. We have plenty of time still. Who else would like to share on what was read today? Pete B. Pete B. Anybody else? Get a little lineup going. Danielle O. Hey, Danielle O. Lisa H. Lisa H. 
about, about two more? Amy G. Amy G. One more. Blanca BG. Blanca BG. Okay, that's a great lineup. Pete B, you're up. Go right ahead. Thank you, Nancy. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting. You did a great job. We're doing a great job. And uh heard some really good things. And you know what what um what I have to remember, well, my takeaway from this, you know, this entire thing is it is essential, super, super critical that I understand the why behind I did the things that I did or do the things that I do, right? And like I have to, like this whole process, this whole process is, is, is an experience in understanding why we do what we do, right? And that it, 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 the, the, the um, amends where we make right the wrong, it's not essential that the person I make amends to understands why I did what I did. It's also super, super critical, and this is the big takeaway, I believe, from this paragraph, is that I don't implicate anybody else in my making up or in my making amends for the wrongs that I did, right? We are, we, we are asked when we do our fourth step to create an ideal, a sex ideal or relationship ideal. And then we are challenged throughout the rest of the process to live consistent with that ideal, right? Like my job from that point forward is to live my life in alignment with the ideal that I identified, that I went to God and I asked for guidance and created. Right. And I live consistent with that. When I go to when I go to when I look at my past and I see where I didn't live consistent with that ideal I created, I simply go to the person who I not simply it's not simple. I don't want to I don't want to oversimplify it, but I go and I make wrong. I, 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 I explain what I did, not why I did it, but what I did take full ownership for what I did and then live consistently with that value, right? Like, the, like for me, like the, 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 and I'll repeat it again. The most glaring thing is that we do not implicate others in making this amends. And then secondly, like I said, the only person who has to understand why I did what I did is me. I have to understand. I feel like we go to, I, I did this myself. I, go, I went to great lengths to make sure that the person that I was making amends to when I did it wrong understand that I was an addict and I suffer from a disease and I have some selfish, self-centered and self-seeking and all that. And this is what I did. And I did it because I, I, I did, I, I, this is what I did. And I, and I, and I regret what I did and I'm sorry that it has hurt you. Right? Like that, 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 that's, that's clearing away the wreckage. The, the, the explanation is irrelevant for the other person. And at that I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Danielle O, you're up. Danielle? Good morning. Sorry, everybody. My name is Danielle O from New York, uh, northern New York, Plattsburgh. 
you know, this has been a really good morning of sharing and one where when we talk about the most sensitive part of our lives uh, and have to share the truth, you know, as I've been on this journey with God for quite a long time, more gets revealed, more gets revealed about where and what I'm supposed to be doing in his eyes and in his will. That's the part that I stumbled on in early, or in early times because, you know, that self-will was always a part of what I did and what I wanted. And if I wanted it and my eyes liked it, then I was going to go get that. And it didn't matter if it was a person, place, or thing. So it depends on what my eyes are focused on. It, you know, when they're focused on God, it seems like life goes good. When they're focused on all those uh, other things, other other things that think they're going to satisfy me and give me uh, what I think it is missing, whatever it is I feel like is missing in my life, it, it always falls short. So I'm I'm just grateful that I'm being more and more aware of that as I've gotten into different parts of my abstinence and in my sobriety or whatever it is. Uh, those are the things that I look for today. Uh, certainly, you know, I'm not perfect, and I, but I'm very thankful that for me, uh, I got married later in life, so all that other stuff happened before that time. Uh, but it's still, it was still a thread. And I have to remember that God's will for me is to be uh, focused on him and to, to really do this to the best of my ability. And that's what I'm doing. And, you know, when it comes to the steps, uh, we're, we're, walking, we're walking God's will through all of it. And I'm, I'm very grateful that uh, I got to hear so many good uh, shares this morning. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Danielle. Oh, Lisa H., you're next. Good morning. Lisa H. here, a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. And this line that stands out for me, we are sorry for what we have done, and God willing, it shall not be repeated. And even though um, I was never unfaithful to my spouse, when I was in my disease, um, I manipulated him and I lied to him and I was, you know, selfish and self-centered and, um, and I didn't know, I didn't know how to stop doing that. I mean, he would even point it out to me and I would deny and shrink and, but I, and again, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what the solution was. I didn't know how to be different. I didn't know how to do it differently um, until, until I found this 12-step program, until I was able to get out of the sugar coma that I had lived in for decades, um, for decades, and, um, and find the solution through the 12 steps. And then, of course, in making amends, you know, uh, especially with my spouse. I mean, I say all the time, right? My primary relationship in my life is with God, but my primary human relationship on this earth is with my spouse. Um, and so in making amends to my spouse and, and I had to say, you know, um, it is my aim, it is my goal and my desire to live a God-centered life, right? And so that God willing, my past behavior will not be repeated. Um, and what that means is then I have to continue to make living amends to my spouse. I have to be as honest as I possibly can. I have to um, think about his needs, right, as well as my own. 
um, I have to go to God and ask God what to do in this situation. What's God's will, not what's Lisa's will. Um, And it has created, again, right, it is a daily, I have a 24-hour reprieve um, from this disease in which I can ask God to show me direction, to give me direction, to guide me, to protect me, to instruct me. Um, And if I do that on a daily basis, it makes all my relationships better, Um, especially my most important human relationship that I have. Um, I've had it for a long time. We just celebrated 33 years of marriage, um, but I've only been recovered for six of those years. Um, and it, and again, um, what occurs in life, um, the circumstances of my life, because this last year has been some hard circumstances. Um, but what I know is with this program and with God and with my spouse, I can get through it. Um, and thanks for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. Amy G., Europe. Good morning. My name, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service and everyone for an awesome meeting. What stuck out, stood out for me today was whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. To me, whatever those amends may be, whatever and however we make them, to me, um, the idea is that I am willing to take the action to do it, whatever that may be. And it may be that I don't make those amends because of the collateral damage it would cause, or I do, or I find some other way and I go in detail with my sponsor. I do not do this alone. As so many others have said, questions must be asked. We must drill down to make sure that it is only an amends that will not hurt anyone else. But the whole point is my willingness to take action. To me, this is a program of action, and to, and there's no coincidence that the promises are after these amends or before we are halfway through, because clearly with my willingness to take action, my higher power, God, showed up in so many ways doing for me what I could not do for myself when it came to those amends. For me, I did my fair share of dating uh, Mary, well, I wouldn't even call it dating, of having relationships with married men and active addiction. It wasn't even a relationship. It was a use and abuse type of situation. I wanted what they had, which was the cocaine and the amphetamines that I was using to maintain my weight. And the reality was I would never find those men, much less be able to make amends to them because that would not have been appropriate. But the key was I was willing to take action to make those amends because I wanted to learn how to live in peace with my past. Because like others had said, I I created my own instruction manual of how to live my life and what I thought was supposed to be the way to do it. And that just about, like Bill said, I created a boomerang that was to turn around and shred me to ribbons. My behaviors, my actions, my attitudes on how to live my life uh, were killing me. And that drove me to the food again and again and again. And it says here on page 27, it talks about these spiritual experiences, and Dr. Young, I think, is talking to Roland Hazard, and he's begging him going, because Young has said he's powerless. And, and Dr. Young says, well, there is the exception. There appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, were suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives began to dominate them. 
And that's what happens through me in this process of this recovery. The ideas of serving myself in the world of me, myself, and I, power, money, prestige, that old instruction manual, those old ideas have gone out the window now. And now I have a new set of conceptions and a way that I want to live my life serving God serving others, being of service. Do I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. I deal with my self-centeredness wrap every single day. But now I want to be a different person. I want to live in those new ideals that bring me peace and recovery where the food does not call. And I can live in peace with my past without shame. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Lanka BG, you're up. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, may I be heard? May I be heard? Yes, you can. Hello? This is Blanca BG from Floral City, Florida. You know, one of the things I'm so grateful about the big book especially is how it protects me. You know, it it's tough. It's tough. It tells me you know, simple but not easy, what I need to do, what I must do to heal, to get better, to stop killing myself with with my addiction to food. But just by way of what it says, you know, unless it causes injury to those, to others. And I think that's the most beautiful thing, um, how it tells us, be gentle, you know, uh, not just on ourselves, but with others. Don't wreck their lives because you want to feel better. So that's the first thing that occurred to me. Uh, that's so magnificent about the big book. And the second thing is I li- uh, most of the amends that I needed to make were with people who have passed, including my husband. And... Um, without getting into detail, which the big book says also, you know, leave that for your one-on-one. He's gone. And that, and that hurts me every day that he loved me through it all. And I, and he's gone now and I can't talk to him and tell him how very sorry I am for all the pain I caused him. And there are others that I needed to make amends to and can no longer do that. But the big book even helps me with that. Write a letter to them and express all of that to the people that have gone that are no longer here. Um, Put a donation in someone's name. There are things that one can do. And... I justified so much of what I did because I said, well, I was an addict, you know. I think I mentioned this once before. I had no business getting married, you know, and I knew it at the time, but I did anyway, hoping, well, maybe this person will heal me. Of course, it doesn't work that way. Not until I got into the program and learned what true healing is was I able to come to terms with what I was and what I had done and how I had just been a hurricane through people's lives without any regards to their feelings. 
like someone just said, I had my own life manual, my own life manual for how to live. But through the grace of the program, um, I continue to that's time to make to make amends and and the the best way I can and to share in hopes that if someone else hears me, they won't feel so alone. It certainly is the human condition. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Blanca BG. We have time for one more quick share. Who would like to take that slot? I'm Helen, uh, Helen C. from Virginia, and I would like to Go right to ahead, say, Helen. Go yes. right ahead. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I just want to say quickly that uh, I did cheat on my husband years and years ago. I got married before I was 20. But uh, I want to say I made amends to him before he passed. I didn't know he was going to pass so soon, but I made amends to him, and he said to me, Oh, we had a good marriage, and um, I'm just so glad. And after that, within two years, he was gone. And I'm so glad that I made amends to him because of the fact that um, I heard him say those words. Other amends that I've made at the grave site, you know, if I hadn't done it with him, I wouldn't have heard that. So that was a big help to me to hear him say, we had a good marriage. And so I'm glad I didn't didn't know quite how to make the amends, but I made it anyway, and to the best of my ability at that time. And I'm just so glad that I did. I've been listening to this meeting for since 2018, and this is the first time I've shared on here. I'm a little nervous, but anyway, I just wanted to say that because I'm so glad I didn't delay the amends because uh, I heard those words, and they've been very helpful to me over the years. I'm a widow now, I'm 86, but I still remember those beautiful words. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Helen, so much for your, um, for your share. I think uh, that'll be it. Thank you to everybody who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Share ID for today, Thursday, the 26th of August, is 17639. That's 17,639. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Jen A. please read a vision for you? Jen? Jen A. Sorry, Nancy. There was this guy talking. (laughs) Jen A. Sorry, I had somebody talking in my ear. Um, Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. 
Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Thank you, Jen 